I know you guys are ready for the word today, and I am so excited to have our pastor with us. And Pastor Charles has been such a major blessing to my wife and I, and um, for, for many, many years. I met him, uh, we were talking about it in the car, I just, it was probably before we got married, um, and, I, and I met Pastor Charles uh, when I used to take care of picking up the guest speakers in Florida at the church we were at. And we were in Ocala, and the closest international airport was Orlando, so there was an hour and a half drive. And so I would go down and pick up the guest speakers, and I'd bring them back. And uh, Pastor Charles would always be the most gracious guy uh, to me. I mean, we had speakers, international speakers from all over the world and some great names. If I said them, you would recognize them. But out of all those guys that I had the awesome opportunity to be around, he was somebody that always took the moment to give me a word, to, to help me, to speak to me, to ask me how I was doing. I wasn't just the guy picking him up, you know, and taking him to the meeting. He always just had such a father's heart and such a genuine heart. And so many of his teachings have crafted uh, uh, who we are. It's in our DNA. Uh, there's so many th- ways of thinking that come from things that he has taught me and, and, and uh, uh, the messages he's preached have altered the way we see ministry. Uh, I remember it was years ago talking to him one time and he told me a story and his motivation about, he said, he said Sergio, if, if they ever close my church, he says, I want it to be that there's crying in the streets that there would be people out there that would just be crying. Why? Where'd they go? Where are they? And he was talking to me about the fact that many churches in the community, if they closed tomorrow, nobody would know. Nobody would even care. I'd never forgotten that story. And that has always been my motivation to be that church in this community. We exist for the people that are out there. I could tell you so many other stories, conversations, things that he has imparted into our life that has made us who we are today. And uh, he is in great demand as a speaker all over the world, truly humbled uh, that after speaking at Hillsong Conference and the different places that he's been. Last year, he was a speaker at Hillsong. And you might have saw the clip I posted today on social media where Bishop T.D. Jakes named his sermon that he sat through and heard Pastor Charles teach on the stand-up and recovery. He said that was his favorite moment of the Hillsong Conference in 30 years. And so tonight, it's an honor and a privilege that a man like him that is in such demand would take time and be with us here in Sacramento, California to help us celebrate six years as a church. And I know God's got a powerful word. So I want you all to stand on your feet right now. And I want you to just give it up for Pastor Charles as he comes. Please be seated. Thank you. It's very kind. Thank you, Sergio and Tina, for inviting me. And it's an honor to be here. My goodness. Uh, you know, he's talking about me being here. It's me being here. And uh, I thank you for that. It's, it's, uh, it's a great honor. Thank you, sir, uh, to be with you tonight. And, to, to, and thank you for coming out on Friday night. My goodness. I, I, I drove up and I told him in the car, so look at all the cars that are here. I was like, not sure I would have come to hear me on Friday night. Okay, so you know, thank you for being here, and I'm just so blessed. Thank you. Your pastors are great friends of ours, great friends of our church. We keep in touch, and uh, my son and my daughter send their love and their greetings, and uh, we rejoice with you and all the things that God is doing. And uh, you know, Shannon is uh, uh, was created the One Sisterhood in our church, and you all have have 
come in and partnering with us. And, uh, and every time we have meetings, Shannon brings me the pictures and shows them to me and says, look what they're doing out there, Char Dad. And she gets so excited, she just gets beside herself. So thank you for encouraging us. And uh, good deal. So you ready to get in the Word tonight? Amen. Can we pray real quick and we'll get in the Word? Father, I thank you for every person that's here. I thank you for what you're doing in them and through them. I thank you for allowing me to come and to be here tonight. Lord, I thank you for the pastors of this church, the angels of this house. I thank you, Lord, and I believe tonight that you strengthen them and help them and watch over them and their families. And now, Lord, I pray, speak to us tonight. Lord, we're like John on the Isle of Patmos in the book of Revelation. We say, speak, we're listening. Speak, we're listening. Speak, we're listening. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Six years as a church, and I, I apologize for not making the previous meeting. I had a family thing come up, and I had to go home immediately and uh, take care of that. I'm sure all of you understand how those things happen. You know, I often think, you know, there's an old saying, you know, men make plans and God laughs, you know. And, uh, but that one, you know, was uh, something else. So we had to go home and take care of that, and I'm so glad that it worked out that I was able to come back and be with you. So if you have your Bible with you tonight, open it with me to, Matt, to Genesis chapter 28. Genesis chapter 28. I want to just bring a thought to you tonight, an idea, something that has come to mean a great deal to me and our church there in El Paso. It is something that when I discovered it a few years ago has deeply impacted me. And every time I read it, every time I think about it, every time I mention it to our church family, it has become a part of who we are, a part of our DNA. And it's really something new that we've learned. Uh, you know, our church is 39 years old this year. And uh, next year we celebrate 40 years as a congregation. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I know I look young for that. You know, but I started when I was 10, in case you were wondering. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. So, um, you know, so, you know, it's been, it's been, you know, an interesting thing. And, and over the course of that, what I discover is that churches, our church, your church, churches kind of pick up what I call like, like core values, you know, things that make your church, your church. Does that make sense? Believing things that you believe. And beyond the overall, say, well, you know, who are we as a church? Well, we believe the gospel. Well, yeah, everybody believes the gospel. But, you know, what makes you, you? And this is uh, a truth that has come into us that has really kind of revolutionized the way we do what we do as a community of faith. And the story here is a story about Jacob. And, and let me just tell you a little bit about what's happening in this story before we get into it. Jacob is, is coming back uh, from his exile. And he has been exiled because uh, of what he did. He deceived his father. He lied to his father. He cheated his older brother out of his inheritance that was his as the firstborn son. Uh, and he had to leave. And in the course of that, he had to go live with relatives in another part of the country. It's kind of sounding like some of our family, huh? All right, so he had to kind of go live with other family. And in the course of that, he's, he's married and now he's coming back. And he's actually coming back because he's made his father-in-law so angry. He had to sneak out in the dark of night. It's sounding more like some of our family, isn't it, huh? And, uh, and now he's having to come back. 
And in the course of that, he, he just walked all day with his family and his children and his flocks. And now he's come to a place and, and it's late at night and he finds himself here in this interesting place. And so begin with me, if you have your Bible there with me, turn to, to, to verse 10. And I want to point some things out to you. Now watch carefully. And Jacob went from Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. Because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and lay down in that place to sleep. Now that is kind of like you've hit rock bottom literally of life, right? When you have to take the rocks... And the rocks become your pillow. Can I get an amen on that, right? I mean, the guy is just like at an all-time low in his life. But it's a very interesting thing. And those of you that maybe have been to our church or maybe you've heard some of the teaching, you know, I'm, I'm real big on looking up words. I, I don't, and I've been this way since I was a kid. It's nothing new because I'm a pastor. I've always had dictionaries around me and all that because I just don't see the reason of going through life ignorant. Why? There's no blessing on being ignorant. And especially today, when through your phone, you can access every piece of reference thing you would ever want to access in the world. You can get dictionaries, you can get books, you, you can get into the greatest libraries in the earth. Why would you want to be ignorant? Can I get a better amen than I'm getting, right? So anyway, you know, so I'm always looking up words. I'm very curious. And so I, I came to this not very long ago, and I was looking at it, and it says that he lighted. Now, write this down if you're taking notes. The word lighted there, I wish they translated it. should have been translated encounter. All right? So something is about to happen that Jacob doesn't know is going to happen. Right? This isn't just a place. It is an encounter place. It is a place where there's going to be an encounter. All right? The dictionary defines an encounter as something that when something un unexplainable happens, right? When there's a, a, a coming together of events. And so here he is. He's going to have, this is a place of encounter. Now look, he said he lighted upon a certain place. The word certain place there in the Hebrew literally says holy place. So Jacob is coming back, right? He's been living his life. He's, uh, and quite honestly, if I can say this to you, I think Jacob has been living the way he thinks is best. You know, he's just living the way he thinks is best. And it ends, and that, that choice of living the way he thinks is best has in fact cost him his relationship with his dad, his mom, his brother. He's had to leave the, the place of his birthright. He's had to go away. Right? And, and he's lost all of these things simply because he was living how he thought was best. Now, I've said some things earlier to you tonight, kind of in jest, but now I want to say, sounds a lot like us, doesn't it? You know, we go through life. Come on, you can say amen. We go through life doing what we think is best. And in the course of that, we end up hurting people around us. You know, maybe not intentionally, but we still hurt them. Hmm? Doing what we think is best for us. 
You know, I think, I think when Jacob cheated his brother out of his inheritance, I think he just thought it was best for him. You know, when he lied to his dad, I think he did it because he thought it was best for him. It was the best thing to do. Never dreaming that it would produce what it produced in his life. All right, so now he's gone off, he's come back, and now in this journey home, and he doesn't know what's going to happen, right? He doesn't know what's waiting for him. He doesn't know how Esau is going to react, and Esau was somebody you did not want mad at you. All right? He doesn't know how Esau is going to react. He doesn't know what's waiting for him. And he comes and he lays down in what he thinks is just a place. But in fact, it is a holy place, a place of encounter. Isn't this interesting? All right? So he continues on. And he dreamed. And behold, a ladder was set up on the earth. And the top of it reached into heaven. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon the ladder. And behold, the Lord stood above it. Now write this down. The word Lord there is the Hebrew word Yahweh. It literally means Redeemer, Deliverer, Savior. So the Lord that he sees is none other than who we would call Jesus. So Jesus is in this place and speaks to him. He sees him. Now, he doesn't know who he is. He just refers to him as Yahweh, as Redeemer, Deliverer, Savior. And watch what he says. And behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham your father and the God of Jacob. The land wherein you lie, to you will I give it and to your seed. And your seed shall be as the dust of the earth. Watch, and you shall spread abroad to the west, to the east, to the north, to the south. Watch this statement. And in you and in your seed shall all the families of the earth be blessed. All the families. So you know who he's talking about right there? Me. You. All the families of the earth are going to be affected by Jacob's life. Now here's what's amazing to me. There is no mention here by the Lord of, hey, 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 hey. Now I've got you right where I want you. Now I've got you out here sleeping on rocks. And now we're going to talk about what a scoundrel you have been. What a no good for nothing you have been. Boy, have you been a disappointment to me, Jacob. You know, I made this great covenant with your grandfather, Abraham. And you know, your dad was, was a pretty good guy. But you have been a major disappointment. And, and, and now you've got this and now you've got that. But I want you to notice that none of that is said. In fact, what is said is, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to increase you. I'm going to give you all this. I'm going to make you spread abroad. I'm going to give you all this land and, and all the earth, all the families of the earth will be blessed because of you and your seed. The only word in the Bible that you can use to describe this conversation is grace. God's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. Come on, Jacob has done nothing to earn this. Can I get a better amen than I'm getting, right? Nothing. He has done nothing to deserve this. In fact, he deserves the exact opposites. But he comes to this holy place and he encounters the Lord Jesus. And when he encounters him, he encounters his grace, his unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor. It's incredible. 
Now continue with me. The best part is yet to come. Verse 15. And behold, I am with you and will keep you in all the places where you go and will bring you again to this land. For I will not leave you until I've done that which I've spoken to you of. What a promise. He said, in addition to that, I'm going to stay with you all the days of your life. I'm going to bring you back here. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to be with you. Again, no mention of all of the things that Jacob has done wrong. No mention. Not a word. Now, obviously, the Lord knows all these things, but that's not the issue. Not in this place. Not in this place where Jacob finds himself now. Let's continue. And Jacob awoke out of his sleep and said, Surely, watch this, this is so powerful. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And I knew it not. I want you to think about that. Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. Continue. And he was afraid. Now, the word afraid there is very powerful. If you look it up in, a, in an English Hebrew dictionary, it doesn't mean afraid like afraid. It's the same word that is used referencing the fear of the Lord, right? And the, the dictionary defines the fear of the Lord as living your life with a deep reverential sense of accountability to God. So Jacob has had a change of heart here. Do you see it? Right? He now has a whole new understanding of his relationship with God. He now has brought into his life what Proverbs 1, 7 calls the beginning of wisdom. The beginning of wisdom. Square one, entrance to the freeway. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. Right? People pray for wisdom. Well, give me wisdom. Okay, great. The way you get on the freeway called wisdom is the fear of the Lord. That is the beginning. That is step one. You make a decision in your life. I can't make it for you. Pastor can't make it for you. The Lord can't make it for you. You make it for you. That you're going to live your life, listen, with a deep, not shallow, with a deep reverential sense of accountability to God. A deep reverential sense of accountability. Let me say it again. A deep, deep, not shallow, deep reverential sense. The word reverential carries with it there the sense of worship, right? You're God and I'm not. Amen? A deep reverential sense of accountability. So accountability in this thing is not looked upon as a bad thing. In fact, it is looked upon as something deep and worshipful. It's not a bad thing. In fact, the, the, the fear of the Lord sees accountability as a good thing. A deep reverential sense of accountability to God. So Jacob, for the first time in his life, brings this into his life. All of this has happened in this moment. Now look what he says. And he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Did you see that? To me, this is one of the most astounding bits of revelation I've ever seen in Scripture. And here we see an amazing reality of how God wants us to see His house. This is the truth, it's an incredible truth. You know, we're here tonight celebrating this year, six years of your church, 39 years of our church in El Paso. You know, but tonight we're talking about you here, six years as a church. 
But you know what I've discovered? One of the biggest problems in Christianity today, and it's not anybody's fault, but one of the biggest problems is we need to see church the way God sees church. Because if we see church the way God sees church, then we won't trivialize church anymore. And in fact, we will honor it and protect it and respect it the way God sees it. Now, I want you to look at that again. Jacob said, I am in the house of God, the gateway to heaven. The house of God, the gateway to heaven. But here's what's interesting. He was in the house of God, and he didn't even know it. Can I submit something to you? That this is the very way, the very reason why God designed the house of God, why he created your church, our church, why he created churches all over your city, all over the world. And every time we gather, can I tell you a little secret? When you come in here on Sunday, there are going to be a few people come in here, and they're going to come in here, and you know what? Just like it happened to some of you, and it happened to me, and it happened to Jacob, they're going to come in here, and they're not going to know that God is here. They're not going to go. Jacob said it. I came to this place and God was here and I knew it not. Am I getting through to you? He said, I didn't know God was here. But see, oftentimes in life, it doesn't matter if you know it or not. What's important is that he knows it. And that God sets these places up, these houses of God as we call them, right? The house of God as a place for you to encounter God, encounter his grace, and change your life. Because Jacob's heart is changed. He goes from Jacob the scoundrel, Jacob the usurper, Jacob the liar. And from this day forward, you can go home and read it tonight. Jacob is a changed man. From this encounter, he is not the same man ever again. Boy, he didn't start good, but he finishes really good. Why? What happened to him? Because he came to the house of God. And he came to the very place where God was and he didn't even know it. And I'm going to tell you again tonight, and I want you to become sensitive to this, that every time you have church, every time you gather, you become the house of God. And every time you gather, there's a chance that people are going to come in and they don't know they're coming in to the presence of God. They don't know God is in this place. They don't know it. They don't know it. And God has designed that to have for them to have an encounter where the grace of God can touch their life. It's so sad to me. Can I just get this off my chest? That so many people will go to church this weekend when they should encounter the grace of God and they're going to encounter meanness and ugliness and judgment and fault finding and finger pointing. And, may, and you know what? And they'll never get what God intended. God intended for them to encounter the grace of God so their life could be changed. But we need to see our church the way God sees our church, the house of God. But here's the phrase that just gets me, the gateway to heaven. The gateway to heaven. Do you know here, you know, you, you, you call yourselves Elevate Life Church, but you know what you could, you could say and, and what I would love for you to embrace and consider embracing is that in fact you are a gateway to heaven. Every church 
is a gateway. I want you to get the image of that. A gateway to heaven. Hmm? A gateway to heaven. Now, I want you to think with me. I think maybe God has made it too easy. Here's what I mean. I think if there was one literal gateway to heaven on the earth, all of us would do whatever we have to do to get there. Amen? Amen. We do whatever we have to do. I don't care if that gateway was in Antarctica. I don't care if it was in the Arctic. I don't care if it was in Alaska. I don't care if it was in the jungles of the Amazon. I don't care. You and I would figure out a way to get there. How many of you agree with me on that? And how about this? Let me give you this thought, right? And how about this? If you found that gateway, let's say it's a literal gate, right? You could walk up to it, and on the other side, you could see heaven. And if you found it, I would be willing to bet everything I have that every one of you in this room would do whatever you had to do to get your family, your friends, and the people you care about to that gateway. Huh? You would mortgage your house. Come on, talk to me tonight. You would sell whatever. You would do whatever. Come on, am I the only one? I don't think I am, right? I would do whatever. Come on, talk to me. I would do whatever if I found that literal gateway I don't care if it was in Antarctica, in the middle of the South Pole itself. I would figure out a way and do whatever I had to do to get my loved ones and my family to that gateway. Right? I'd do whatever I had to do, and so would you. And yet God has put gateways all around us. All around us. Cities are full of them. Gateways all around us. Even in nations where they oppress Christianity, God has gateways. They're open. They're underground. They're state. They're whatever, but they're gateways. In the poorest villages in the world, God will pop up a gateway. There will be a gateway pop up. It will just pop up. There will be a gateway pop up. God's got gateways all over the place. Hmm? And I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just trying to open your eyes to something. You're sitting here tonight in a gateway. It's called Elevate Life. It is, in fact, a veritable gateway to heaven. It is, in fact, I'm quoting scripture, a gateway to heaven. And we hesitate to invite people to come to church with us. But we just agreed five minutes ago that if that gate, that literal gateway was in Antarctica, we would sell our houses and we would grab our family and our friends and say, look, I don't care. I don't care if you want to go or not. You're going. I'm going to get you to the gateway. Now, whether you walk through the gate or not, that's your choice. But by golly, I'm going to get you to the gate. I have found the gateway to heaven and I'm going to get you to that gate. But now we get embarrassed. It's not your fault. I do too. I've been talked out of inviting people, standing there looking at them and them asking me questions about my church. We need to see church the way God sees church. To see it the way he sees it. There's a scripture in 2 Kings chapter 9, 
verse 33 and 4 in the Message Bible. God says, as, as concerning my house, listen to this, my eyes are on it and my heart is in it always. When it comes to my house, listen, listen, my eyes are on it and my heart is in it always. My eyes are on it and my heart is in it. Do you know there is no place you could be in Sacramento tonight where you have more of God's attention than sitting right here right now? Because where his house is, his eyes are on it and his heart is in it always. Hmm? You know, I, I, I have people, you know, when you pastor as long as I have, people ask you the funniest things. Wow. The things people ask me. And not only ask me in at church, but mostly out in the community. And, and because I've been in town for so long, and, and, you know, our church is pretty good size, a lot of people know me. And so they just walk up to me. And I'll be at the gym, or I'll be at Starbucks, or I'll be at the mall, or I'll be at the movie, which in itself kind of freaks people out, like, what are you doing here? Aren't you supposed to be at home in prayer? I, I don't, I, I, you're, you're, not, you're not supposed to have a life. You know, you're supposed to be just, you need to be at home praying for me. It's kind of interesting. But, you know, it's, it's interesting how people see church and how they see the house of God and how they see what's going on in the community and how they look at things and how they don't understand. And we as Christians must be very careful. And, as, you know, as people talk to me and ask me, I become aware that people don't understand what the church is. And I understand that they don't understand, but we who are in the church must know what the church is and see the church the way God sees the church. Because we cannot tribulize it or not respect it. Why? Because his eyes are on it and his heart is in it always. Hmm? You know, I, one, one of the things I hear occasionally, not a lot, but occasionally, kind of on a routine, is, you know, people come up to me and they say, oh, you're, are, are you Charles Neiman? Yeah. You, you pastor that abundant living thing? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, church is doing good? Yeah, it's, it's, it's doing good. Yeah. And I said, well, do you go to church? No. No, I don't go to church. Uh, that, but, but then they'll say, but I believe in Jesus. I'm, I'm, I'm a child of God. But I don't go to church. I said, oh, and so you don't, you don't go to church? No, nah, I don't go to church. I don't see the point. Oh. You don't see the point. You don't see the point of wanting to be where God's eyes are and God's heart is. I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm saying that to kind of wake you up. Right, to the reality of what God has put in your hands. Right? Elevate life is elevate life, but elevate life is a gateway to heaven. I said elevate life is a gateway to heaven. God, you are sitting in a gateway to heaven. Amen? A gateway to heaven. Now, I know it's not the only gateway to heaven in the city, but this is the only one I'm talking to. 
Okay? It is a, abundant living is not the only one in El Paso, but it's the only one I'm responsible for. And so we have made a decision in our church that we are going to remove anything and everything that stops people from coming into that gate and encountering the grace of God. Right? We want them to encounter the grace of God. I'm not going to get up in the church and beat people up, even though there are people in my church that want me to. They want me to beat them up. I'm not going to beat them up. I'm not going to throw them under the bus, and I'm not going to tell them to quit coming to church. Hmm? That would just think with me now. Think with me. Hear, hear what I'm trying to get at here. Hear what I believe the Lord wants me to say to you tonight. Right? If that was a literal gateway, it was the literal gateway to heaven. Here are the gates, and on the other side is heaven. Would we tolerate somebody standing at that gate and saying, you can't come in, you can't come in, you can't come in? No, I've decided. I've decided. I don't know what he thinks behind me here, but I've decided that your lifestyle doesn't fit. You can't come in. They don't do that at Disney. Mm, but we do that here. There's something wrong with that. Something wrong with it. Mm? It's a gateway to heaven. You know, I was at Starbucks a few months ago, and uh, I go to the same one. It's just kind of what everybody does, right? You pick one, you go to that one. And so I go to this one I go to every day, seven days a week. And it's kind of cool now because they know me when I walk in, it's already ready, and I just pay them and I leave. You know, it's kind of cool. And uh, so anyway, I was in there, and there was a guy in there who I know. Now, I can't say he's a friend of mine. I have just no, I, I would probably be better to say I know of him more than I know him. He's a pretty successful guy in our city, right? He's kind of one of the movers and shakers of the city, and he was in there that day. And, uh, and, and he was sitting at a table, and at the table was what I assumed his, his, one of his grandchildren, little granddaughter, right? Cute as she could be. And they were sitting at the table. She was eating of something or another. And he was uh, really focused on her and paying attention to her. And they were having a big time. But what was interesting is I was standing over here, and I was watching all of the little planets circling around the sun. And what I mean by that was is that all of these men and women would come in and they'd be ordering their coffee and they'd look and they'd realize who it was. And how many of them were coming over to the table, uh, excuse me, Mr. So-and-so, excuse me. I just I want to tell you, it's funny. Talk to, it's just, uh, here's my card and, and uh, I got a thing and, he, and, and I'm, not, I'm not kidding you. He would go like this. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. Uh-huh. No, yeah, thank you. Right? So I'm standing over here, right? And I'm watching all this. And I'm just watching it. And I'm thinking in myself, you know what? If I wanted to get his attention, you guys are going about this all wrong. If I really wanted to get this guy's attention, I wouldn't be talking to him. I'd go buy something and give it to the granddaughter. Because in fact, get ready, the granddaughter had his eyes in his heart. Hmm? So I'm sitting there looking at that, and, you know, God can speak to you anywhere, right? 
So I'm just standing there waiting for my latte, right? Just standing there and I'm watching all this. And out of nowhere, the Lord speaks to me and says, you see that? And I said, yeah. He goes, that's how I am about the church. My eyes are on it and my heart is in it. My eyes are on it and my heart is in it. Hmm? How can you say you love God and hate the church? Do you know how weird that must sound in heaven? Huh? That's got to sound so weird in heaven. Don't you agree? So let, let me get this straight. You love my son, but you love what he's the, you hate what he's the head of. Now, I can't even compute that. Only humans can come up with that kind of dumb. It just makes no sense. Huh? Okay, you're learning anything tonight, right? So what are we seeing here, right? It is the gateway to heaven. Now, I want you to look at some verses with me tonight. If I haven't moved you so far, I'm going to move you now. Go with me to the book of Isaiah. We need to see church the way God sees church, as the gateway to heaven. And here in Isaiah verse 62, right, God is now speaking about the church. He's speaking about the, 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 the way he's going to see the church in the future. And he's talking about it. And he comes down here. I wish we had time. I'd read to you some things. But I want you to just come down with me to verse 10. Look what he says. Right? Remember I said to you a moment ago, right? If we, there was a literal gateway, would we not do whatever we had to do to get our family and our friends and those we care about to that gateway? And would we not do everything we could to urge them to go through the gate? Would we? Absolutely we would. And look what he says here in verse 10. Go through, go through the gates. Prepare ye the way of the people. He said, go through the gates, go through the gates. And I believe that needs to be our heart. I believe that's the way we need to look at it. It's the way we need to look at our communities. It's the way we need to look at everyone that we, that we can possibly get to come to church. And we need to go to them with a heart of, of wanting them to go through the gate. Go through the gate. Can I get a good amen tonight, right? Go through the gate. I found the gateway to heaven. It's called Elevate Life. I found a gateway. Go through the gate. Go through the gate. And I'm going to warn you again tonight that there are going to be people that come to church here. And when they come in, they're not going to know they're going to. They don't know God's in this place. They don't know it. They don't know it. Hmm? Over the years, I've had people come to church for all kinds of reasons. You know, I had one guy tell me, he said, you know, I came to church here, Pastor, forgive me. I came here to church not because, you know, I wanted to hear you. I didn't even know who you were. I just heard there were a lot of good-looking women here, so I just wanted to come. <laughs> well, I don't care. Come. Who cares? <laughs> just go through the gate. <laughs> now, here's what's interesting, right? I said, and what happened to you? You said, man, I came in here and the music was going on. I thought, what is this? These people are crazy. And he said, and I sat here, and then he said, but I just felt something. I just felt something. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Same thing happened to Jacob. You came to a holy place. You didn't know it was a holy place. It just looked like a school building. You don't know it's a holy place. You don't know it's a holy place. You don't know God is here, right? And they're going to encounter God. You know what they're going to encounter? They're going to encounter His grace. And you know what happens when they encounter His grace? Their hearts change. And you know what happens to them? They quit hurting people. Jacob doesn't hurt anybody else after this. 
He doesn't hurt anybody else. He doesn't hurt Esau. He doesn't hurt anybody. He lives an incredible life now. Why? Because he encountered God. God brought him to a place and it happens all the time. It can happen this weekend. Am I getting through to you? It happens every time you have church. So let's be ready for it. Let's pray for it. Let's get people here. Amen? Go through the gate. I just, to me, it's just so strong in my heart. Right? God is come asking, telling people, go through the gate. Go through the gate. Look at chapter 60, verse 11. He said, therefore, your gates shall be open continually. They shall not shut day or night. Isn't that amazing? Do you know that 24 hours a day the church is receiving people? 24 hours a day the gateways are open. 24 hours a day around the world the gates never shut. Isn't that incredible? We're a part of something so much bigger than what any of us can possibly imagine. We're connected all the way back to Jacob. Because Jacob said, God told Jacob, in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. It's an incredible reality that we see here. Turn with me in, in, in your Bible tonight to Psalm 118. Are you glad you came? Yes. Elevate life. Gateway to heaven. Hmm? You're a gateway to heaven. Look at verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I will go into them, and I will praise the Lord. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. What is that gate? It's the church. Right? We enter in. It's incredible. All this about gates. Go with me to Psalm 87. Verse 2. Look at this one. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all the dwellings of Jacob. What is Zion? Zion is the church. The book of Hebrews reveals that to us. Zion is the church. He said he loves the gates of the church more than all the dwellings of Now, I'm going to make some of you mad. I don't mean it bad. I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm not trying to upset you. I'm just telling you the reality of what you just read. The dwellings of Jacob is Israel. God loves the church even more than he loves Israel. Now, I know for some of you, I just spoke blasphemy. And he loves Israel. But he loves the church. He loves the church. Hmm? Isn't this amazing? Go to Psalm 100. But we need to see our church the way God sees it. Verse 4. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Right? Enter in. Enter in. Enter in. Oh, we got to be so careful that at no time in any way, in any shape or any form, is there a welcome sign outside, but everything around here says not welcome. Hmm? We got to be careful with that. You know, years ago, 
had a really self-righteous guy in my church. I, it took me years to get rid of him. <laughs> super self-righteous, super judgmental. Just one of those guys, you know? And uh, just... So there was a... We had a time in the service like you did tonight, right? We finished and we said, turn around, say, say hello to the people around you. So he turned around. There was a young girl sitting behind him, okay? And he looked at her and he said, you should dress better when you come to church. That is way too revealing. And you should never come to church dressed that way. So thank God, after the service, instead of leaving offended, her and her husband came down to see me. And she came down, not to tattletale, but to apologize. I said, apologize for what? Now, I'm going to give you this, right? This was some kind of revealing dress. Okay, I'm, I'm going to give you that. All right? I mean, do I have to be more descriptive? Okay? And, uh, yeah. And she said, Pastor, she said, this is the only dress I own. And when my husband and I decided to come to church today, we thought we should dress up. So I got my dress out and put it on. And she said, and I'm sorry, we won't come back. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. What happened? So she told me. And I said, describe the guy to me. I know who it was. <laughs> she described to him. I said, I'll take care of him. I said, you are always welcome. I don't care if you wear that dress. I don't care if you wear shorts and a tank top. I couldn't care less. Just come to church. Just come. I mean, honestly, my family, can, can we just be open and honest tonight? Honestly, honestly, when Jesus was on that cross and that crown of thorns was on his head and those nails were in his hand and his back was bleeding and his face was swollen shut, do you really think he was thinking about that girl's dress? Huh? You really think that was an issue for him that day on that cross? I don't think he was thinking about that. I don't think that mattered to him. Nothing. Stop it. Hmm? The church world is great about putting welcome outside, but unwelcome inside. And God made it pretty clear when he appeared to Jacob, right? He could have beat Jacob to the dirt. Can I hear good amen? He could have hammered him. He had a long list of things he could accuse Jacob of. He didn't say anything. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. I'm going to make you great. I'm going to expand your borders. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going to take care of you. And then all the families of the earth are going to be blessed because of you. That's what happens in the place where God is. That's what happens in the house of God. That's what happens in the gateway to heaven. Can we give the Lord a hand clap for that tonight? Because you know why? You know why? I promise you it's happened to a lot of you. I promise you a lot of you have walked in here and did not know God was in this place. And you had an encounter. Hmm? Many years ago, a little 10-year-old girl was playing in her front yard on Sunday morning raised in an agnostic, atheist family. Never took her to church, never told her anything about God, never mentioned the word God to her in any shape or form. Sunday morning, she was playing in her front yard, and a little friend that she went to school with walked by, and this little girl that I'm telling you about stopped her little friend and said, where are you going? 
She said, well, we're going down here to the community center, which was just down the road within walking distance. We're going to church. The little girl that I'm telling you about in the front yard had never heard the word church, didn't know what it was. Lived in a very secular society in a little community. Parents were atheists and agnostic, did not know anything, never mentioned her, never talked to her about God. There wasn't a Bible in the house. And the little, the little school friend said, do you want to go with me? She said, let me go ask my mom. So the little girl I'm telling you about goes in the house, 10 years old, says, Mom, Sally's going to church. Can I go? Thankfully, the mother was the agnostic and not the atheist of the family and said, go if you want to. So she walked out and walked in. And she asked her little friend as they walk up the steps to the community center. Now, this was a place that this little girl I'm telling you about had been to many times, right? It was the community center. But today, it had been transformed. She didn't know that. Today, it had become a gateway to heaven. It was a holy place where people can have a God encounter. She walked in. Little girl, never heard anything about God, 10 years old. She walks in. They're singing. She stands in the back and starts weeping. She doesn't know why. She can't explain it. She can't define it. At the end of the service, the pastor gives an altar call. This little girl gets up, walks down, gives her life to Jesus. That little girl, you may know her as Bobby Houston of Hillsong Church. The most influential church in the earth today. And Bobby will say, like Jacob, I came there and I did not know God was in that place. But he did. And she walked through the gateway. Hmm? So why am I here? I'm here to get you to see your church the way God sees it. That as you go forward, that you treasure it and you honor and you respect it for what it is, a gateway to heaven that God has graced you with. Never underestimate the power of planting your family inside the house of God. Because Psalm 92 says, all those that are planted shall flourish. They shall all flourish. And it's our job to honor and respect it and build it and go forward with it. Can I hear a good amen? amen? And treasure it and take care of it and make sure that we see it the right way and bring people, bring them. Go through the gates. Go through the gates. Go through the gates. All of you know people that you love and you care about. And if you went home tonight and you turned on the news and they said that the, the literal gateway to heaven just manifested in Turkey, you would figure out a way to get your loved ones there. I would. I would. I'd do whatever I had to do. But we don't have to go to Turkey or Antarctica. It's right here. Amen? Stand to your feet with me, please. Lift your hands towards heaven.
I was teaching along these lines one time, and a guy in my church came up to me and said, Charles, when I was a boy, my mother said, and I quote, get in the right church and everything will fall into place. It's so true. It's so true. And it makes sense now, huh? Get in the right gateway. Get where God's eyes are and God's heart is. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. I thank you for this gateway to heaven. I thank you for what it has done. I thank you for what it is doing. And I thank you for what it will do. I know that, Lord, in the beginning, church is tough. I remember clearly when we started ours. It's hard. It's difficult. And yet you bring people. You bring them. There's big gateways and there's small gateways. There's old ones, there's new ones. There's well-known ones and there's those that are going to be well-known. Lord, I pray tonight that you put that, that reality in the hearts of every one of us. That we are sitting tonight, we are standing tonight in a gateway to heaven. A gateway to heaven. Help us, give us hearts, Lord, to want to bring people to the gateway. May we live our lives hearing inside of ourselves, go through the gates. Go through the gates. I've got to get you to the gate. I've got found the gate to heaven. I've got to get you to the gate. I've got to get you here. Because here, here on Sunday morning, here, people will have an encounter, a God encounter. They will encounter your grace. And that grace will change their lives. And people who are just living life like they think is best, but in truth end up hurting other people, those people will quit hurting people. Just like Jacob. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you give the Lord another great hand clap for his word tonight? Amen. Beautiful. Pastor's going to come and, and wrap up the service, but I want to thank you for allowing me to come and thank you. It's amazing that you came out on a Friday night like this. I am so touched and so blessed. I didn't know what to think. A Friday night? Come on. You have really encouraged me, so thank you so much. God bless you, and uh, we bring our love from El Paso, and thank you, and again, we thank God for your pastors. They've been such a blessing to us over the years, so encouraging. Today, we were uh, drinking a protein shake, and they just encouraged me so much, and I just, uh, you're very blessed. Amen? Amen? To have the leadership that you have. God bless you. I love you. Thank you. Amen. Real quick. Uh, before we go any further, just bow your heads and close your eyes for a minute. This is the gateway. Some of you heard that word. You came specifically to hear that word because you've, you've looked at the gate before, but tonight's your night to go through it. Tonight's your night to come in and experience what it is like to cross through that gate and experience heaven. And just while every head's bowed and every eye closed, I want, you to, I want to just call you to the altar of your heart right now. You know who you are. You're like, wow, I needed to hear this. 
this is what I need in my life right now. Maybe you're here and you're going through things. Maybe you know about God. You've been to church before. You've gotten away. Tonight's the night where you cross through those gates. And while nobody's looking around, every head's bowed, I got to ask right now, if you are here in this room, in this place today, and you'd say, Pastor, it's time I go through those gates and I become a part in connecting with God and connecting with heaven. I want you to just slip up a hand right now so that we can pray with you. Yeah, I see your hand right there. Anybody else? Just be bold. This is not a time to be squeamish. Just be bold. I see your hand over there. Yes, yes, yes. Anyone else? Anyone else? Praise God. Yes, this is your time. This is your moment. Now, if you just raise your hand, I want you to do one other bold thing. I want you to just get out of your seats right now. I want you to come down here so that we can pray with you and walk you through those gates. Things are never going to be the same again. Let's give them a good hand as they come. Come on, just begin to come. Come on, come on, come on. Come on. No need to be embarrassed. Come on. Come on, man. It don't matter if you've done it before and you went away. This is your moment. This is your time. God bless you. I want you to do one other thing. I love what he said tonight. If you found the actual gateway to hell, what would you do? Would you be ashamed to ask somebody, do you want to go to that gate? Maybe you're sitting next to somebody right now. I want you to just gently, gently turn to them and go, hey, if you want to go down there, I'll go down there with you. Come on, ask them if they need to come down. And you just come down with them. Sometimes you can be embarrassed. And if you just, hey, I'll go down there with you. Yeah, come on down. Come on down. Let's give them a good hand as they come. Come on, it's too important. It's too important. We know how it is. God bless you. We know how it is. It can be embarrassing or I don't know anybody. I don't know this place. But we're so glad you guys had stepped forward today. Uh, come on, let's, we're going we're gonna to pray a prayer right now. And this prayer is not a magic mantra. It is the, what the Bible tells us. Confess with your mouth. Speak it with your mouth. Believe in your heart. And God, you're going to begin a brand new relationship with Jesus. Let's all pray this together with him. Say this after me. Say, Jesus, I come before you, and I thank you for the word tonight. I realize it's time I cross through those gates. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. Make me whole. Be the Lord of my life. In Jesus' name. Open your eyes and look up here. This is just the beginning. This ain't the end. This is just the beginning. You've just crossed over. There's a whole lot of things that God is going to do in your lives from this day forward. But you got to keep coming back to this place. Amen. Let's give him a good hand. Just you guys remember how that was. Now, one last thing. Pastor Cheeto and Norma are standing right behind you. They're going to take you right over out these doors and just talk to you for a few moments. Nobody's going to leave. We're going to wait for y'all and everything like that. And they're just going to, you know, talk to you and pray with you and just answer any questions that you might have. So just follow Pastor Cheeto right this way. Come on, give him one more hand as they go. Praise God. The rest of you go ahead and be seated for a moment. Man, what a word today. I love that. How many got something out of that tonight? Amen. We have got to see the church the way God sees it. Amen.